Hello, and welcome to Enthrive, the podcast that brings some church to those who aren't feeling welcome in their local churches. We'll have some Bible, some preaching, and some prayer. My name is David, and before my arrest in prison time, I was a pastor for almost six years. Since my release, I've been fortunate to find a church that welcomes me despite my past. But I know there are lots of folks out there who haven't found that. I pray that you do find a local church, but know you're always welcome here. If you have prayer requests, ideas, or just want to connect, feel free to email me at enthriveus, that's I-N-T-H-R-I-V-E-U-S at gmail.com or on Facebook at Enthrive Media and Instagram at Enthrive US. Let's go ahead and get started. As we get started today, let's just take a moment and ask God to be in our presence right now. Ask God to come be with us, send his Holy Spirit to dwell with us, to open our hearts and our eyes to the message that you would have for us today. Help us see our sins. Help lead us to repentance. Help us see where we can serve you and the world around us. Oh God, we just come to you now in prayer. We, we thank you for being a loving and merciful God. And we thank you for caring for us, even though we aren't always perfect, even though we create storms in our lives that cause trouble on ourselves and others. We just ask your forgiveness for those things that we do that separate us from you and from those around us. We just ask that through the sacrifice of your Son, our Savior Christ, you grant us forgiveness, you restore us, and you heal us so that we might love you and serve you and love our neighbor as you have loved us. Lord, we ask all this in the name of your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, so our first reading today is going to come from the book of Genesis, chapter 9, verses 8 through 17. In this reading, we hear that God, having spared faithful Noah and his family from the flood, the Lord established his covenant with them and with every living creature, that never again would there be a flood to destroy the earth. He signed and sealed this everlasting covenant with his rainbow in the clouds by which he sees and remembers his promise that the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. So we begin in verse 8 of chapter 9 of Genesis. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, Behold, I establish my covenant with you and your offspring after you and with every living creature that is with you the birds, the livestock, and every beast of the earth with you. As many as came out of the ark, it is for every beast of the earth. I establish my covenant with you, that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you, for all future generations. I have set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring the clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of the flesh, 
and all the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it, and I will remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Our psalm today is Psalm 136. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, the God of gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who by understanding made the heavens, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who spread out the earth above the waters, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who made the great lights, for his steadfast love endures forever. The sun to rule over the day, for his steadfast love endures forever. The moon and stars to rule over the night, for his steadfast love endures forever. Our epistle reading comes from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, the third chapter, verses 14 through 21. And here Paul tells the Ephesians and us that Jesus is the word and promise of the Father, and his own flesh and blood are the covenant by which you are strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being. So we begin Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all fullness of God. Now to him who is able to, to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. And our gospel reading, it comes from the gospel of Mark, the sixth chapter, verses 45 through 56. In Mark, we hear that although creation suffers under the curse of sin, the Lord preserves and orders creation for the benefit of his people, his church. In particular, all of creation is redeemed and sanctified by the incarnate Son of God. Take heart and do not be afraid, for he is with you on the sea. God is not a ghost, but he has come in the flesh to save you. He has gotten into the boat with you, and the wind that was against you has ceased. So once again, this is coming from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, verses 45 through 56. Immediately, he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he'd taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night he came to them, 
walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. And when they had crossed over, they came to the land at Gesineret and moored to the shore. And when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him and ran about the whole region and began to bring the sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he came, in villages, cities, or countryside, they laid the sick in marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. Well, that wraps up our Bible readings for the day. So now let's take a moment and confess our Christian faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. If you know this or have this in front of you, please feel free to to confess along with me. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Well, once again, thank you for joining me today for this time of prayer and praise and preaching. I'm so glad that you've made this time today to spend a little bit of time getting in God's Word. So, today's message is titled, Staying Strong When Things Get Bad. So, I want to ask you a question right now. What's shaking your confidence? What's causing you trouble or concern or worry? What winds of this world are battering you and slowing you down from making the progress that you want to make? You know, sometimes it's stuff we bring on ourselves. Those bad decisions, you know, the actions we do out of anger or fear or depression. Sometimes it's things the world throws on us. Those unforeseen circumstances of a job loss, arrest, illness, death, natural disaster. Sometimes it's others not letting us forget our past and continually judging us on something we did 5, 10, 20, or more years ago. What gives you hope when things are bad? Well, first, let's ask a question. What, what is hope? You know, hope is useless if it's just something you wish upon a star might happen. That's the illusion of a temporary good feeling. It's not grounded in any certainty. You know, it's like when your team's in the cellar, and the season's almost over, and you're saying, I hope they win the championship. Now, you and I both know that's not happening. If there are five games left, your team's not coming back from a 10-game deficit, is it? That's not hope. Meaningful hope 
is something that's based in truth. Meaningful hope is based on a promise that hasn't come to fruition, but you can still believe in, knowing it's going to happen even when it seems impossible. So, when we're battered by the winds of the world, when we're not making that headway, where is our hope? Our hope is in the covenant God made with you. Okay, so you're probably asking, what's a covenant? It's not exactly a word that we use much, unless you've lived in a homeowners association, but we're not going to get into that mess today. So, a covenant It's an agreement between two unequal parties. The party with the strength agrees not to mess with the weak party. To fully appreciate a covenant, you have to understand your helplessness. In Old Testament times, when one kingdom would make a covenant with another, the weaker kingdom knew it was only by the graciousness of the stronger kingdom that they'd be able to survive. Think back to Noah. The only reason he and his family survived the flood was because of God's graciousness, because of God's mercy, right? And God provided Noah a sign of their covenant in the rainbow. That rainbow was God's way of saying, I promise I'm not going to do this ever again. God could. God has the power. And God knew Noah's descendants will give him many reasons to wipe them out with a flood. But God said, I promise I won't ever do this again. Now think about this. The only way you see a rainbow is if there's rain. And where do floods come from? Floods come from rain. So in order to appreciate the sign of the covenant, the rainbow you really have to recognize why you need the covenant, why you need that promise that God's not going to flood you out like he did before. So God made a covenant with us in the waters of baptism. In order to understand the significance of the covenant God made with us, we have to see the reason he made the covenant, to save us from our sins. So with the same water that created the rainbow in the sky that was the sign of God's covenant with Noah, God creates a new covenant with us. The waters in our baptism drown us with Christ and lift us up into a new life in the new covenant, one where God has graciously forgiven our sins and has given us new life. So let's dig a little deeper now. To fully understand the hope we have when the world is attacking us, when those winds are beating us down, we need to understand where we are and where we're going. We're living in a broken world. Even when we've been born again by God's power and love through faith, we still sin, right? We still screw up. We still face the earthly consequences of sins that we have repented of. Sometimes, even years later, those consequences just won't leave us. They still batter us like the wind blowing on the disciples' boat, stopping their progress, like what we heard in today's gospel reading. Now, have you ever been in a boat in a storm? Boats in a storm don't have much stability. They're not grounded in anything. All that's beneath them 
is a raging sea, the crashing waves that toss the boat around. The disciples were scared for a reason. They had no reason to hope. They weren't making any progress. They were by themselves. A storm had whipped up. Their little boat couldn't handle it. Saying, I'm sure the storm will pass soon or the winds will change. As you see waves crashing over your boat and causing it to sink, is not going to give you any confidence in a positive outcome, is it? But in the midst of their struggle... Jesus walks in. Literally, Jesus in the flesh provides something solid and real the disciples can affix their hope to. Here is a real man that also has real power. They don't understand what's going on, why Jesus can do what he does. But they do understand that he is the source of their safety. His presence keeps them safe. He's able to keep them grounded secure, and strong, even in the midst of the winds on the sea. In Christ, because of his covenant with us, we experience the same sure hope. In fact, Paul says God is within us, encouraging us. Listen. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, and according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So what does this look like? What does it look like to be rooted and grounded in love? Now, do you remember that parable Jesus tells of the house built on the sand and the house built on the rocks? Have you seen the difference? Sand shifts and moves. You may be able to build something on it, but the first flood, storm, or strong wind, like what battered the disciples in the boat, will knock you down. But a house built on a rock, that's solid. That's a strong foundation. That isn't moving. So I lived in Nashville, and that's at the edge of Tornado Alley. And unlike places um, in Kansas where you could dig a tornado cellar, in Nashville, there's a solid rock, bedrock, just a little below the dirt surface. So instead of tornado cellars, people would build tornado closets. These are solid metal boxes, about the size of a closet, that were usually built in a garage. But instead of being attached to the house, they were attached to the bedrock. They could ride out the toughest tornadoes because they weren't going anywhere. The rest of the house would blow away, but that tornado closet would still be there. Everything around you might be blown away, but in that grounded, solid foundation of that safe space you'd built, you, you couldn't be harmed. And that's what being rooted and grounded in love is like. Christ dwells in your hearts through faith so that no matter what storm, one from your own doing or from Satan, no matter what storm comes, 
God will protect you. Jesus is in the boat with you right now. Sometimes he's calming the storm, and other times he's protecting us from the winds and the waves. Either way, God's love shown to us in Christ, first on the cross and now in our hearts, is something powerful and real that we can place our hope in when times are rough. Let us pray. Oh, most Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us the sure promise of love and salvation through Christ. We thank you that when times get hard, either through our own sinful actions or through something else in the world, that we can place our hope in you, that sure hope, knowing that you will protect us, you will comfort us, and you will guide us through whatever trials we may be facing, through whatever difficulties we might be encountering, so that we can overcome them, not on our own power, but on the power of your love and your strength. Amen. Well, I pray that this time has been a blessing for you this week. I pray that these words might be words of hope and inspiration for you, and that as you continue your journey this week, as you face those storms, that you will know that you have a true hope, you have a strong hope, a sure hope, in the promise of God and his love for you, that God is with you no matter what you might face in this life. Thank you so much for listening. Please let me know what you're thinking, what you're feeling, any prayer requests you might have. You can contact me through email at inthriveus at gmail.com. That's I-N-T-H-R-I-V-E-U-S at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at inthriveus or on Facebook at inthrivemedia. Thank you so much. and I pray God blesses you and keeps you this week. And I will be here with you next week. Thank you so much. God bless you. Bye-bye.